I want to go to Psalm 62 this morning. Good to have Michael back, out of the NK region anyway, and uh, heading to Africa in a couple weeks, so just be in prayer for his strength with that. Psalm 62, only God can save me, I wait calmly for him, some say silently. I've been chewing on that idea of only God, or God alone, uh, out of this psalm for, I don't know, the last week at least, and uh, I want to head into that some this morning. It's restated a little later, and, and we'll look at that more specifically, but it's interesting to me, too, that even in this God can save me, if we understood um, names and terms uh, from the original language is a little better than we do, uh, we would see that this same idea of save is connected even with the name of Jesus, Yahashua, and, and, and Yeshua, and they're all, there's, you know, just slight variations, but it's that same idea. Uh, you and I don't carry that with our names, you know, uh, I I used to get into this thing of triplets, you know, different meanings for words. And, you know, Bill wasn't named after the, the, the top of a cap, right? You know, are you, I mean, I know you're William, but it's Bill to everyone. You didn't get the nickname because of a duck beak. Or you didn't get the, the nickname because of a, a debt that was old, right? I mean, it's something completely different. I use him because if you go down the road of John, which is my name, it's not good. <laughs> you know? I'm glad our names aren't just attached. But in that day, it would have been, you know, it would have been right there, you know, with the name. And so even in this, it's almost like a hint of what's coming. Uh, when, you know, the angel tells Joseph, he says, his name should be Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So that idea of salvation is deeply attached to the name, but it's, this is pre that, but uh, David's right, and he says, God's my only salvation. He's my only hope. He's, he's the one I rely on. I wait silently for him or calmly. Um, he's my fortress. He's my rock. He, he's what I rely on. He says, I feel like a shaky fence or a sagging wall. How long will all of you attack and assault me? You want to bring me down. You tell lies in your mouth, you know, but hatred hides in your heart. You may talk kindly, but hatred is there. He says, my life, it just, you know, it feels very fragile. I feel vulnerable. But where, where is my anchor? Where is my hope? Where is that strong rock? Where is my fortress? He says, that, that's in God. That's, that's the only place that I can find such a thing. <laughs> I've been experimenting with and without glasses, and I forgot to put them back on. I need those. 
it's been a, I don't know if I should explain. I, I go out to the land, I sweat, they fall off, so I've been working without them. I found that I ended up seeing better without them <laughs> in that setting, so I've just been experimenting and say, well, how much do I actually need them? So anyway, that's one of my foibles. Okay, verse 5, only God gives inward peace and I depend on him. And in the wordings, it's a, a, a slight variation of that first verse. And again, he's just tying this thought of, this is where my hope is. Different translations carry out some of this. I wait in silence for God only, my hope's in him. Find rest in God, my hope from whom my hope comes. Wait quietly before the Lord. My hope is in him. So he says, I settle myself and I put my hope in him. I know that that's where my anchor of life is. I know that's what I'm attached to. That's, he says, only God gives inward peace. I depend on him. God alone is the mighty rock. He keeps me safe. He is the fortress where I feel secure. God saves and honors me. He's that mighty rock where I find safety. Common in these psalms is the repetition of phrases. We as, in this church, I'd appreciate that, right, with our singing? Um, we do repeat phrases. It was common of that day when they're getting across an idea to repeat phrases and to repeat ideas. And so that's part of the the working of this particular uh, psalm or song, poetically, that's what they're doing. But he's locked into this idea, my soul is anchored in God. I find rest in him alone. He's the source of life. He's my anchor. He's my rock. So that said, what I would like to do is attach David's, this was David's psalm, so David's son Solomon went searching for what will bring peace and, and settledness as well, and he went down a different path. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about the different things that he tried. And I just want to throw that out because, you know, in some ways, some of you just, you know, graduated and you're thinking, if I can only get to that day, it'll be so good and life will be settled, and suddenly you're going to realize... Well, it wasn't all that much. I mean, it, it was, not to insult you, it was awesome that you graduated, but it ain't all that, sorry. You know, it, it just, it's good for a moment. I hope you enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I know, dream crusher. That's my, that's my gift. I mean, others, others walk into marriage and they're going, if I can just find the right woman or the right man and I can get into this marriage, life will be good. And it's good. <laughs> Trust me on this, yeah. It's good. But it ain't all that. I mean, <laughs> there's more to life, right? That was a lot of guys saying amen. I want to hear some gals, Okay. But it, it will not replace God. It, it, it can't take the place of him. 
And we, you know, if I just get a house, if we can get out of this rental and get into a house, it'll be so good. And then you discover upkeep. You know, and it just, it, it, it is good, but it ain't all that, right? So Solomon um, became a king when he was 12, roughly. Reigns for 40 years, tries everything. And so in the book of Ecclesiastes, he's recounting what takes place. And, and he, the phrase that I grew up reading from in that translation was, he says, meaningless, meaningless, or vanity of vanities. He just says, it, it empties out, it doesn't fully get it done. But in the second chapter, he gives a listing of things that he, that he walked through and, and explored. I wanted to take a look at that. I said to myself, have fun and enjoy yourself. But this didn't make sense. Laughing and having fun is crazy, but what good does it do? He said, even just having good times, chasing good times, there's a certain emptiness to it. He says, just, you know, it, it doesn't fulfill. He goes on, I did some great things. Built houses, planted vineyards, gardens, orchards, reservoirs. I, you, know, you know, we look at people that are accomplishing a lot and getting things done that way, and we're like, oh, man, they, they got their act together. Well, you know, he was able to pull it off. Houses, vineyards, gardens, orchards, flower gardens, reservoirs, you know, to water it all. Amazing. And yet at the end he's going to go, wasn't all that much. It's temporal. And everything that we chase that's temporal does not have that ring of what's going to anchor us for eternity because we were made with an eternal sense. Okay, he got done with that. He goes on to other things. I did, uh, he says, I owned slaves. Their sons and daughters became my slaves. He had power over a lot of people to tell him what he wanted done. Had them serving him. He goes on and says, I had more sheep and goats than anyone who ever lived in Jerusalem. Foreign rulers brought me silver, gold, and precious treasures. Money was coming to him, accumulating. He had all that he needed for spending, all that he wanted for spending. Had the power of kings bringing it to him. And yet he's going to say, wasn't all that? He said, men and women sang for me, you know, the entertainment of that day. And I had many wives who gave me great pleasure. Now, if you're familiar with this story, the guy collected wives like my wife collects recipes or I collect hand tools. You know, I would love to have a thousand hand tools. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. And yet, in the end, he's going to say, it didn't get it all done. Intriguing. You know, it just, you know, a lot of people chase sex. If I can just, you know, the right experience, the right moment, that, that high. 
And I'm assuming this guy didn't just marry him for conversation. And yet at the end of the day, he's going, no. I was the most famous person who had ever lived in Jerusalem, and I was very wise. If you know the story, God granted him wisdom because he made a humble request. And he was known for his wisdom throughout the world. He says, I got whatever I wanted and did whatever made me happy. Any experience out there that he thought would be worth trying, he tried. Some of this day are going, well, I, I, money's not my thing. I'm not going to have much money, so I might as well try to experience everything possible. Some come up to this area and just say, you know what, if I can just get into the wilderness, that pristine area, then, then you know, life will be good. I'll, I'll be able to just settle. There will be a peace about me. You know, climb this hill, see this tree, watch that stream. You know, it's... We chase a lot of things. This guy had opportunity to chase it all. And then he says, and then I thought about everything I'd done, including the hard work. He said, I was simp it was simply chasing the wind. Nothing on earth is worth the trouble. So even in that, there was a sense in him that whatever he'd gone after, it just didn't fully satisfy. Now, his dad had found the answer in, in God. He says, I wait quietly for you. You're alone the one. Back to Psalm 62. Trust God, my friends, and always tell him each of your concerns. God is our place of safety. He's, he's the one we hope in. We humans are only a breath. None of us is truly great. All of us together weigh less than a puff of air. He says, don't trust violence or dishonesty or wealth. You know, those are some of the shortcuts you can try. He says, I heard God say two things. I'm powerful and very kind. The Lord rewards each of us according to what we do. Those two elements of power and love intrigue me. Because when, when I want something done or I know that someone can assist me, there are two things that I have to ask. You know, are they capable of changing this situation? And do they care enough to get involved? Do they have the power to actually change this setting? And do they, are they interested enough to involve themselves in it? When he says our God is powerful and loving, he's saying he has the ability to transform whatever situation we're in, and he has the compassion to do so, the interest in our lives that invests himself into us. And so he's anchored in that, so that's an Amazing thing. Only God gives inward peace, and I depend on him. That fifth verse. 
awesome idea. Lord, we ask for each one here that we would not chase things that are temporal and vain. We pray that we would lock into the knowledge that our salvation rests in you alone, that our peace of life is tied to you. You've made us as eternal beings, and our investment in the eternal is what truly will endure. Thank you for psalms like this to draw us to these facts. The answer to life's issues is not adding more noise to your life. It's resting quietly in the one who is life. And it's quite possible you've been through a season of loneliness or a struggle and just saying, it's not working. And it may well be that you are being given opportunity to say, it's God, it's not this. You know, that what a privilege it is, even loneliness, to, to pull us to the one who can truly satisfy the soul. That's our opportunity in him. And I would pray that for each of you. Um, there will be opportunity for prayer up here. If anyone would like prayer, that's available. Um, just know that God is powerful and loving. He's able to change your situation and he's willing to intervene. Pour your concerns out to him. I want to ask God's blessing upon you. What remains is open-ended worship and uh, just encourage you to seek the Lord while he may be found. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy that you are powerful and loving. Lord, I ask as each one goes out into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I pray that you'll enable them to carry out the deeds of your kingdom and that you would gift them with the supernatural. Be exalted and lifted up, we ask. We love you this day.